Living Corporate is brought to you by The Group Chat, a bi-weekly web show on the Living Corporate Network that tackles diversity, equity, and inclusion topics your jobs, legal, and HR departments would never let fly. With topics like white supremacy at work, finding out that I'm a Karen, decolonizing DE&I, racial gaslighting at work, and imposter syndrome while black, you may be able to see why, but you may also be able to see why so many folks love it. Between our incredible host and our guests, which range from Fortune 500 executives to academics to activists to entrepreneurs, every other Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard is something special. So make sure you check out the group chat on livingcorporate.tv. Everybody, welcome to the Access Point. Um, I am excited, really, really excited for this episode. Um, excited to be back on with Tristan again. It was like we were on for like I think like two weeks, and it has been like yeah. a couple months. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Tristan and I are back on together, um, and we have an amazing guest for y'all. Um, but before we jump into that, let's jump into like what is living corporate? Like, if this is your first time here, what is that? Yes, yes, it's a good question, Mike. So um, Living Corporate is a writing and podcasting platform dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. Uh, we are early to mid-career consultants who come together based on our shared desire to have frank conversations about the way we exist, survive, and succeed in corporate spaces. So, you know, as a collective, we represent a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultural cultures, and identities. Um, and we know that our differences have shaped our perspectives and experiences in a corporate America. So we want to engage with other voices that often go unheard and have our conversations out loud. So Living Corporate is for anyone who wants to have these conversations with us and push the needle for, forward on how we can create and sustain spaces that reflect true inclusiveness. Now, LinkedIn has quite a bit of content that it shares, right? So, you know, from podcasts to different live shows and writing stuff, but right now we're on the access point. So tell us a little bit about what the access point is, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the access point is a part of the Living Corporate Network. Um, and it's it's our weekly web show where, where we try to bring real talk and we try to prepare you for the workforce. Um, this content like truly is for everybody, but we focus on preparing black and brown college students for the future of work. And so every week we have an incredible guest um, to help us discuss in whatever topic that we're trying to discuss. And this week we have with us the amazing Dr. Clyde Barnett with the like the best hoodie that you could have on right now um so i i, I want to appreciate and i appreciate that your hoodie strings are tied i just saw yes. tiktok <laughs> devin on deck shout out <laughs> yeah. thank you thank you yeah yeah glad to have you so so tell us about you who are you what do you do and 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 why did you say yes to the access point yeah, so first, thank you, Tristan and Mike, for having me. Um, I really, really enjoyed the Living Corporate Podcast for a lot of the reasons that you named, Tristan. So this community voice, having conversations, critical conversations with people is always important. Um, so my name is Dr. Clyde Barnett. I go by Dr. B. I'm an adjunct professor at Eastern Michigan University. I'm also the executive director of my own educational consulting agency, where I do a lot of community-based work and a lot of um, community organizing work. Um, and so in that, I've partnered with state and other community agencies, higher education institutions, K-12 districts, to really, really change the narrative, change the outcomes, um, change the professional development of educators who are serving Black children. Um, that's super, super important to me. And in my work, I've noticed that a lot of what I do can apply across a lot of different areas. So I'm looking in more private sectors as well around what leadership development really is. Um, how do you continuously engage in a leadership development process as you get more comfortable in your work? Uh, what does advocacy look like for you? So all of this was a perfect alignment. The stars aligned. I saw college access. I'm always down to talk to college students all the time, anytime, every day. They don't leave me. So I, I have a class and the next thing you know, I'm advising them for like two or three years. So so um, I just jumped at the opportunity because it was just perfectly aligned. Love it. Uh, 
Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. I think there's more uh, connections between education and corporate than a lot of people think. Um, You know, and and we often don't have that conversation enough. So it's always it's always nice when someone can draw those parallels. Um, So we have quite a few questions that we've prepared for Dr. B here. But uh, what we want you guys to do, if you're you're tuning in and you have any questions, go ahead and drop them in the ask questions section. Uh, We'd love to hear what you guys would like to know, because today we're going to be talking about strategic self-advocacy. And so, you know, if you have any questions on that, if anything pops in your head while we're talking, don't hesitate to use that ask question feature. So, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off and then I'll volley it over to you, Mike, back and forth. Um, so, you know, Dr. B, tell us a little bit, in your opinion, what is self-advocacy? So a couple things come to mind. So first is understanding what your interests are and figuring out ways to explore them. And it's being honest with yourself to become more clear about what you need to. So it's not just, I want to be a teacher. I'm going to go to a teacher education program. I'm going to get my teaching certificate and I'm a teacher. No. Why are you passionate about teaching? What do you want to teach? Also, if you're not good at math, (laughs) you probably shouldn't be teaching math, right? Right. So figuring out, figuring out what your area is, what your niche is, is super, super important. Um, and so often, though, what, what stands in our way is the pride. Like, not knowing is so uncomfortable for us. And so advocacy also is asking for help. You don't even know what you don't know. So the only way to get there, the only way to understand what you need is to constantly ask questions, be real intimate with what your needs are, and be clear about what your interests are. And those can change. Those can change at any point. But as long as you're clear, I think this will work out pretty well for you. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, being honest with yourself like that. I love that you mentioned like teacher training program. Like we're both in the education space and I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, we need to get some more time off this so we can talk about how you can help teach for America where I, where I work now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah but you know, the, the example you gave about, about, look, if you're not good at math, why are you a math teacher? When, when, when I first became a teacher, I, I walked past the classroom and heard the math teacher say, I hate math just as much as you do. And I'm like, well, why are you? Like, <laughs> like, why are problem? You? How's yeah. it going to work? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you know, keeping it with school and education and all that. So why is self-advocacy important for college students and recent graduates? So this is huge. I, I talk to them blue in the face sometimes with my students about this. When people say to you that college, your time in college is like no other time, that is so true because this space is a hub of resources. I mean, thing, and, and to the point where if you ask, they can sometimes create it, right? Like it's like that type of resource. So it's super, super important based on the people that you know, they're, they're hubs, of advisors and administrators and professors who have worked across whatever your interests are. Um, And so if you're not taking advantage of that, you're missing out on a major opportunity. You're paying thousands of dollars to be at this place. You better milk it for all it has because your next job literally can be from a connection in one of these spaces that you occupy on campus. So that's super, super important. And for recent graduates, I don't think that changes much. Um, so it is not your, I was an academic advisor. I study advising. I work with advisors. These are not the experts on your field. They're not. Those people are in place to get you to your classes. You need 15 credits. Here they are. That's what they're there to do. That's it. And they're not going to be able to tell you a lot about the field. Well, who can do that is your professors. But if you're going to class and not talking to them, (laughs) if there's no intentional relationship building, also, secretaries and departments are the plug. Talk to them. They are the ones who have access and information to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. Um, they know the fields the best. They know the trends the best. They know what resumes should look like. They know what you should highlight, what kind of internships you could get. They would know that better. So I say this is a, a perfect space to practice, too. 
because the grace that you'll get as a college student, you don't always necessarily get as a professional. So right now is critical, critical time. Yes. See, that's what I really, really appreciate there is that like self-advocacy is something that you have to practice, right? It's something that you, you build up, um, you build up this skill. This isn't something that you immediately, you know, how know how to do. Because honestly, if we're being real about it, most of the time when you come through K through 12, self-advocacy is sort of beaten out of you, right? You're not right. taught to talk, speak up for yourself and, and really stand up um, for the things that you need to go to where, to get to where you're trying to go. Um, and so when you get into college and you sort of get into this quote unquote adult world, now we've thrown you into it, right? You got to figure out your own pathways. You need to be able to speak up for yourself. And college is a great testing ground to figure out how to do that effectively for you, right? Because self-advocacy is also something that looks different for a lot of people. So um, keeping sort of on that same vein, then, you know, if it looks different for every every person, how and where do you think we should be strategic in our self-advocacy, right? And I know this is only a couple of examples. You can't can't give us everything, but like how how and where do you believe we should be strategic in our our self-advocacy? So I think any space that is intended to serve a particular purpose in your life is a space where you should be strategic, Um, especially spaces that can propel or repel. So, right, like if you can go into a conference space um, and share your work, if you can go to a gas station and share your work with someone that you are happen, happen to talk to over a bag of Doritos, right, I don't really see the space as mattering much. I don't think there's a limit. Um, I also think there are, I don't believe in rules, right? I'm kind of, I'm like, I don't, don't tell me what to do, right? Don't tell me what to do. Opposition defiance for me is real. So I don't believe in these rules and research has shown me time and time again that the rules change depending on who's playing. And so I'm not going to follow your guidelines. I'm not going to wait to the perfect opportunity because this could literally be what, what's on the other side of this angst and hold up is my dreams. And I'm not going to hold up for you. I love Ooh. that. Look, he's <laughs> you, okay? I tell you. We are here for a finite amount of time. Like, we're here for a finite amount of time. And if you want to do things, you can't be held up by what people are going to think or what they're going to say. And if you are of a certain skin tone, you wouldn't question yourself on that anyway. So Speak I, on I, it. Wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, right? If, if you see an opportunity and you don't seize it, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. 100%. And like, I can't speak to this enough. And I actually say that a lot of the success I've had in my business is simply because of my ability to speak up for myself. Right. So like a lot of, a lot of the, you know, publicity that I started getting and people starting to know what was going on was when I was featured in black enterprises, one of their modern men. Well, how do you get in black enterprises when they're modern men? You have to be nominated. Well, I saw this form and I was like, I'm nominating myself. <laughs> like I'm about to go up in here, and yeah, it literally yeah. had, the, it had, it had the the part for the person who was not the nominator, and I put I am I am the nominee. Like that was the Ooh. relationship to the nominee. I was like, either they gonna love it or they gonna hate it, one way or another. But what ended up happening? I ended up being featured in Black Enterprise simply because I spoke up for myself and my work. Right? I mean, it was something that I felt that could propel me, like you said. So why would I let that pass me pass me up? Right? And I, I could have been like, hey, you know, hey friend, can you fill this out for me? Yeah, but I was just right. here. I was like, look, I'm about to do this. That's just what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But and so even I still, told- in that, in self-advocacy, whether you did it yourself or you asked somebody, right? You saw right. this and you yep. thought, I got the credentials for this. I want it. I've done this work. I want to be involved in this. I'm going to ask. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, let, let me let y'all in on a little secret. A lot of people see see folks making these lists and getting Forbes features and, make, and giving TED Talks. Most of them nominated themselves. Like, I, just so you know, you, you, you apply to give a TEDx talk. Nobody just finds you on the internet. So you have to figure out the, the same thing that, that Tristan talked about, looking at that application and going, I'm filling this out. You better, you better get on that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Right. Go for it. Go for it. The sky's the limit. 
And real quick, before we get to the next question, Dr. B, your your video is not showing up for me. Is it showing up for you, Mike? I, I see it. Yeah, my, it's showing up for me. Okay. That's really odd. Okay. Well, let's keep running. I wanted to make sure <laughs> okay. that the people was able to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, th this is actually a great time. Before, before we hit this next question, I'm going to pause real quick and say, invite your people. Get your people on here right now because uh, uh, Dr. B is up here pre pre preaching. So, uh, like, get get people up here. Like, like, let they need to hear this. This is gonna be one of the most. I, I feel like one of the most helpful episodes. So, um, we we have a question that somebody's asked, and because they can't see what's on our list, but Tristan, I think you should ask the question that, because you, you wrote this question and it was beautifully written. So I want you to ask your next question because it kind of ties in with this one. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny that this, this, this happened in this way. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to say the question that was in, that was asked in this chat. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce your name correctly. So please, please do, you know, charge to my, my head and not my heart, but I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, but your, your question says, what are the differences between self-advocacy and self-promotion? Are they the same thing? And it's so funny because the next question that I wrote down was, sometimes people view self-advocacy as being self-centered or in certain instances, boastful. How would you su suggest someone deals with that? Right. So I think those are sort of one in the same. So do you see self-advocacy and self-promotion as the same? Or what are the differences there? Um, and, and sort of how can we navigate that? So, so I think I think they certainly are intertwined. Um, I, I think this is really more whatever you want to call it. Toni Morrison comes to mind. She says definitions belong to the definers, not the defined. So that's not your business, right? Like, just I really don't think that that's what you should focus on, right? Being open and honest with yourself about what you need is a self-reflective practice, which means you are looking internally. You are looking at what you need, where you are with what you got, which takes vulnerability, courage, or strength. If that means that you're being boastful, then boastful it is. If that means that you're being braggadocious and self-centered or whatever, if you know in your heart of hearts that you are doing this for your own betterment and for your own work, I wouldn't pay that any attention. The other part of this, though, is as you climb, you're supposed to be helping somebody else. If you are entering spaces and excluding people, if you are, you know, not dropping people's names in spaces where you know their name really need to be brought up, then that question is more about your own practice than what you're seeing. You mm -hmm. must not be you must be feeling self-centered. You must be trying to be boastful and collect all these accolades. When I, I listen, my students know I'm the plug. I I have helped students go out of the country for the first time and not pay a dime. I didn't help people go to conferences without nothing. I didn't found tuition dollars. And this is based on my own work. So I didn't just go get it and say you couldn't. No, I went and got it and here is the whole playbook. I don't lose anything by helping you. Mm-hmm. I don't lose anything. In fact, I gain more faces that look like mine in these spaces that don't want us there. Yeah. So I, and we need as many of us as we can get, because this is just what we're up against. So I, I wouldn't pay that any attention unless you are not doing your work. Ooh. I love that. Ooh, look. So real. Look, y'all see my, my edges is gone. Look, um, no, taking me down. Taking me down. Look, look, okay. You know, for me, that that is a major key here because you know we have an evil Cheeto that's running this country right now. And do you think he ever feels like he is boastful, right? And he ain't did uh, nothing. Like he's literally done boastful nothing to make everything worse. Boastful right? and cannot count. No, do not be a math teacher, right? So, like sometimes when when I find myself in those situations, when I don't when I feel like I'm I might be being boast boastful or um, you know, I am, you know, Talk, I feel like maybe I'm talking too much about myself or asking too much for me, whatever the case may be. I, I sometimes go back to the question of if I was a white man, would this be an issue? Mm. They wouldn't ask. Like, it, 
They and would never honestly, ask. that's what I have to ask. Like, I ask myself that because in most cases, if we're being real, the, the answer is going to be no. I wouldn't have a problem asking for, for whatever I need or speaking up for myself or promoting myself, whatever that looks like. Because sometimes self-advocacy, especially in the work that I do, is promoting yourself then like it right and so for me to actually thrive and for my business to be successful i have to promote myself which is also speaking up for the the results and the things that i've been able to create so you know i think sometimes it's just saying like you know it, honestly would would our counterparts even think like that and in most cases the answer is going to be no right and they never had to like the structures yeah. in place would already accommodate their needs right so they only had to think about it and oh, if exactly. they and if they, if there is a need, everyone scrambles to get it handled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. I don't think you should ever hold yourself back by asking for what you need. Exactly. I'm, I, that, that, that was the perfect answer because when I saw that question yesterday, I got excited because I was like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like there's so many, so many really talented young people that are closing their mouth because they don't want to be, they don't want to seem arrogant. And every time I talk to somebody about posting content online, the first thing they say is, I don't want to seem self-absorbed. And I'm like, nobody says that about Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> like, we love Uh-oh. Gary V, but don't forget, he's a white man. And nobody says, nobody calls himself absorbed. They just eat it up. And they, right. you, you go on TikTok, you'll find 15, 20 white men per day self-promoted. But when we do or, it... Or, and they know that you say this and they're still posting it right (laughs) exactly like they don't care yeah i mean i think that's that might be one of their main messages who cares what they say i don't care yeah at that point then it's not for you if you were the person who was going to help me if you're not going to provide the resource if you think i'm boasting if whatever i whatever i asked how whatever i presented whatever the case may be you were not the target audience please move Mm -hmm. on right Right. um so like that's just that's just how I feel about it at yep. the end of the day. So I think that was amazing. Me too. It's a big internet. <laughs> it's a lot. And there's a lot a of room lot. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, when you even look at it from like a marketing perspective, right? We talk about in marketing that someone needs to see something seven times before they're ready to make a decision and buy something, right? Why do we think that that's any difference for you advocating for yourself or saying that you need something in your job or saying that you needed raises, that you need to, you're probably going to have to bring that up multiple times. You're going to have to be mm-hmm. persistent about it. Um, and right. sometimes it can feel boastful. Sometimes it can feel like you're doing too much. But at the end of the day, if that's what you need, that's what you need. And you need to ask that's what for you it. need. Yeah, yep. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, I love it. Let's let's hit this next question because I think we can stay here for the rest of the time. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, sometimes speaking up for yourself can have consequences, like during school or throughout your career. So, so how do you suggest people navigate those consequences? So I think everything has consequences, whether we like the consequences or not. Is is really what this. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend too much time um, worrying too much about the consequences, but, but knowing that your decisions will lead to some particular outcome, right? You have to know up front, like this, it, speaking up in this way with this person at this moment is going to, could yield the following results. Um, but I have never felt bad after, and maybe I'm in my fees for a little bit after something has happened. But I, once I get past that, I never feel bad for speaking up for myself in a space um, when I am feeling like I've been wronged or, you know, something has happened that is unfair. I don't get what I need. I don't, I never feel bad about that. Now, that's different than doing something wrong and coming back and apologizing and owning that. That's different. Um, But if a space is doing all of this to you, making this, making you feel this way, is this the space you want to be in anyway? (laughs) Like if the consequences would lead to you being ejected, then you were ejectable before this happened. Mm-hmm. And for college students, current college students, there are thousands of people to go talk to. There is another advisor. There is somebody over that advisor. There's a dean. And if you don't go to school, they have no jobs. These people are there to serve you. So, I mean, if you find yourself in a particular situation find the next person until you can get what you need. Cause that's gonna, that's the reality of this. 
Um, but it's not stopping because one person said no. Just go until you get a yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's beautiful to hear a college professor come out and say what I believe needs to be said in higher ed, which is that every single adult on a college campus is there to serve students. Like, that, that's refreshing. And you know what's interesting is that the, the I, I did a college speech debate. And there was a team every now and then there are these teams. We were actually one of them at Texas state, but they come out of nowhere and they're like, Oh, these people are really good. Eastern Michigan university was one of them. And there was a woman I'll never forget. Her name is Karen Yelverton. And Karen mm-hmm. said, Oh, I went there cause those people care. And to hear you say like, that's like full circle, right? Like that moment is, is it, to hear you say like, cause that's, that's not the norm at college campuses. Like normally college mm-hmm. campuses, they're like, look, I'm here to do this research. You have professors like, I'm here to make this university famous and you are an accessory. Like, no, 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 no. Like it's the exact opposite. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And that's super, yeah. that's super important to me because we often do research on people and not with people. And that's what yes. my work, my work is, is community based. My mentor, we, we don't go into spaces making assumptions about what's going on, what's not going on, what's lacking. All of these are rich environments with assets and cultural and con- culture and context that we don't understand. I'm an outsider entering your space. And so to not center the people that we're there to serve is educational malpractice. It's just simply what yes. it is. So I'm, I'm, I just don't take that kind of approach in my work. There we go. That's it. <laughs> you about to, I'm about to get up and start running around. <laughs> I, I love I'm, all of that. I'm sending that in Splack. Right. Tomorrow, right now, I'm like, y- y'all need right to get now, over here. Like, <laughs> like, somebody, somebody gonna read it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, I think that I think that is absolutely amazing. I know some people in here gonna know exactly what I say when I when I talk about this. When we talk about consequences, I'm all about having my receipts. Um, so you know, I always like to make sure that any conversation that I have around anything I need, want, um, feel like is going on that needs to be addressed because I can't do what I need to do, whatever it is. You know, after I have that conversation, we following up with a note. See, see, Rashada knows. She, yeah. she knows. Uh, she put it here multiple times. You know, if I'm at work and I'm advocating for myself with my boss, I'm following that up per our conversation. Here's the things that I stated that I needed. Here's you know your response, whatever the case may be. Because you know, if you're going to try to do something to me, I want to make sure I have everything I need to once again advocate for myself right (laughs) so so you know if that professor is trying to penalize you now that you've asked for whatever you need now you have a you have a case on your hand you can go file a complaint against that professor because you now have receipts of what you've done right Mm -hmm. if your boss now is trying to get rid of you because you told them you need x y and z okay now you have a retaliatory lawsuit on your hands because you have actual records of what's going on so sometimes it's also about backing yourself up and that that to me is also part of the strategic self-advocacy there, right? Is making sure that you're, you're setting yourself up to play the long game if necessary. Um, but I think, you know, what you said, Dr. B, is important, right? Um, I, I would find more often than not, it's more, you're more likely going to get the no's than you are to get people who are going to downright try to get rid of you or, you know, whatever the case may be. And if that's the case, you just need to keep going until you get that yes. And that's just, you only need one yes, right? You only need one yes. It may take a lot of no's, but you only need one of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm serious. Perfect. So. Look, Mike was tight. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, listen, y'all, like we, we, like we, we just launched this fellowship, this adult youth partnership, like, because we want to send that same message that like, look, if you are in education and you are not serving students, that is educational malpractice. So Mm -hmm. you preach it. Um, (laughs) Are you playing with people's babies? Like, I I don't have you, I don't want to see nobody's mama in the parking lot. I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't want none of those problems. So when your baby is in this space, I'm going to act right as yeah. much as I can. I'm going to yeah. act right. Yeah. So. yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think it. so many people forget that 
Like I can just I can just beckon back to having an advisor who, you know, didn't really care about what I was trying to do. Um, right. And basically also trying to steer me away from medicine because I was black. And then also trying to tell me that, you know, some of the other things I might want to pursue weren't wouldn't make money. And this instead of focusing on, hello. I'm here to get the education and I'm here to, to say where I would like to end up. Right. Like it was more of a guiding me based on what they thought was best rather than, you know, me, what I felt was best for me. And, you know, I had to either work with that person and advocate for myself or advocate for myself by finding another person to help me get to where I wanted to go. Yeah. Right. Um, and so so sometimes, you know, advocating for yourself can literally just be cutting off that person and finding another. It's, yes, it is. is. Indeed. Yep. Yeah. So. OK, so we're going to switch gears from from looking at that from the the sort of college perspective. And let's talk a little bit about why. Why is self-advocacy important for like seasoned career professionals? Right. Yeah. Why, why is that important for them? So, I mean, I could situate it right now in this pandemic. So you've been working a job for, you know, however many years. You got a staff of 11. That's already a lot of work. You know, maybe you've been quiet this whole time. Just maybe you worked there 10 years. You've been quiet, managing this 11 people, getting that standard raise every year. And then a pandemic happens. And so then now you got to pivot, hashtag pivot, the word, <laughs> right? Um, word of the year. Pivot online. Um, and then suddenly, you know, maybe there's layoffs in one area, and you know now your supervision goes from 11 to 32. So you're supervising 32 remote staff. Um, not to mention, you know, you maybe you've got life and family, also black, brown, navigating what that means in these spaces. Um, and the whole time you're getting paid the same. <laughs> mm. Salary ain't changed, and so. You, if you don't advocate, you will find yourself in those spaces where you have been doing the same thing for so long. Your job, the, it, the description that you got when you applied and what you do currently are like, this is a totally different, I, this ain't even in this company no more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, there's it, being quiet over that amount of time and then you get to a pandemic, they just think they can pile more work onto you. Um, not taking into account the people management skills, not taking into account the leadership skills, not taking into account the uh, project and transition transition management skills, the leadership that goes into that. Again, you're getting paid the same amount, right? So um, not to mention in a pandemic, who is getting impacted the most is black and brown folks. So you are more likely to have relatives, cousins, yourself impacted by this and your health in a in, in a more personal and up close way than maybe your colleagues will. Um, mm-hmm. You may have staff, uh, staff, you may have family who are essential, essential workers in whatever capacity, whether that's a grocery store or a medical professional, whatever capacity that can't stay in the house and work remote all day. And you worry to death about them, right? All of this is happening around you as a mid-level professional and no one stops or cares to stop and ask how you're doing mm-hmm. What's going on? What do you need? Didn't send you no hotspot. Ain't sent you no computer. Your desk is about to fall over from all the transition from the office to home you've done, right? All of this is what happens to mid-career professionals. You're already paying you 90K. You're good as far as salary. We're already, you already know how to manage people. Let's just keep doing it. And you become the sole correspondent for all things diversity, equity, inclusion, because Black bodies are still getting gunned down in the street, and suddenly Black Lives Matter to your company. So all of this falls to you, and the whole time you said nothing. So in these moments, especially in these moments when everybody's feeling super generous, right, I think it's super, super important to advocate for yourself. From that salary to the literal equipment, they somebody better send you a new MacBook, right? Like if you want me to be plugging in with all these people, uh, we need to stagger these per, these uh, employee reviews. We need to figure this out because if you want me to manage all of this, I need some things. If you can't meet the, if you can't meet these requirements, this is what my job description was. Look, Whew, don't get me started. Don't <laughs> like, look, so many people have had to completely change the way they do work, change everything <laughs> that they do. And yet 
you know, they're being asked to take concessions. People are, I, I'm very interested to see how this performance management stuff pans out, um, this compensation planning for next year, because I don't even think people are going to be getting the raises that they, they were used to getting because right. companies and organizations are taking a hit too. And so yeah. now you are sitting in a situation yourself, right? Monetarily, because your career is not, or your pay is not progressing in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, look, don't get me started with that. I literally just said in a tip that I sent over um, to be to to go out. It could have either it could have gone out for th- today or or you can go out on Saturday. But I literally said you have to become your own biggest advocate by ma- mastering sort of the art of self promotion and the art of self advocacy. Like it's just really those two things go hand in hand in your career, and it's really important because otherwise. You could literally lose a job if you do not speak up to get the things you need right. to get the job done, mm-hmm. right? So, so you know, it, it's essential for your career growth and your recognition and, and sort of where you want to go for you to, to mm-hmm. number one, figure out how to be in tune with what you need. And then number two, actually be able to convey that, and you know, in, in a way that can get you what you need. Because sometimes Definitely. it's also about, backing up why you need the thing right too right. right you can't just say you know oh i need you know a new macbook and they're like yeah but tristan we gave you a new computer like three months ago so what's right. Right? <laughs> right. Why, why do you need a new macbook but something could happen to that mug in three months i need a new macbook because we got to do all this stuff online now it's not holding it's not holding a charge it's not the, the camera's not good enough people can't hear me whatever the right. case may be right you, know, right you need to speak up and advocate for why you need the thing but mm-hmm. yeah i it's to two of your points, to two of your points, Tristan. So, one, justifying why you are asking for your things for one, and you mentioned um, the awards part. That's something that happens often in these organizations too. You start doing all of this extra work, and you know you're not asking for additional things. You're just kind of grinning and bearing. And next thing you know, you're the employee of the month, <laughs> and this is our our star leader in this particular thing. You get the nice little frame, and there you go. And that's kind of where it ends, right? Right. So, so sometimes organizations can hide behind these, these accolades that they give you, when really it should be it should show up in different ways. Yeah, like girl, I don't want that piece of paper you printed from the office printer right there. You went to the dollar store and got me a nice little frame. That's cute, your dollar twenty five certificate. <laughs> but I would like this nice seven thousand dollar raise that I, right. I need right now. That's what I would like. Let's give right, the recognition how the recognition should be given. Right, right, right. <laughs> you're you're muted, Mike. I'm a man. I'm a man, and I'm a man. I'm like, look, like, <laughs> I, like, I left the job after two weeks once because they made me a team leader, and I was like, this is so awesome. Thank you. Now let's talk about salary. Uh, they're like, oh no, there's there's no increase, and it's not negotiable. And I was like, oh okay, well. And then in two weeks, I said, I have somewhere else that was like two and a half times the salary, which came from advocating for myself online. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that's in this video right now, like I didn't pay for this. I didn't pay for this chair. I didn't pay for this monitor. Like it's winning. You ask for stuff. <laughs> winning. Yeah. And teachers, if you were, if you were an educator in a K through 12 school, you can say this. you can negotiate this in your contract. Like. I negotiated a new laptop in my contract every single year. Like you, you can, you can negotiate that stuff. You can negotiate budgets, all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those who are in corporate spaces right now, you can also start negotiating those things and maybe they can't give you a salary increase. But what I need from you is I need you to pay for my internet service because I'm now yep. using that at home. I need you to pay for my cell phone service because I'm now using that for work. Mm-hmm. Right. I need you mm-hmm. to provide me with the technology that I need to get these things done. Right. So yep. so even when you're thinking about negotiating across the board, right, these right now, that's a great it's a great time to sort of practice some of those self-advocacy things. Um, even in, in this moment, right? Many of us started working from home. Then everybody's like, whoo, yay, we got, we flattened the curve, girl. We're going back to work. <laughs> and now all of y'all are coming back home, right? Um, some of y'all like working from home more than you do like working in the office. Advocating for yourself might actually be making the case to be remote permanently. That could be advocating for yourself. And uh, shameless plug, I have a tip coming out this week about advocating for yourself. 
um, if you would like to re <laughs> work remotely indefinitely. So please check that out. Um, but <laughs> like, seriously, I know a shameless plug. It's on the same network. So how shameless can it be? But, <laughs> right. um, <laughs> but yeah, 100%, 100%. So Mike, I think yeah. we, you want the next question? Yeah, we you know, we got two questions in the uh, in in the in the from the community, and I definitely hey. want to show love to Rashada because she has been active in this chat, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> she said didn't even use cardstock for the certificate. I just saw that. Um, but uh, so her question, her question is: uh, Is it naive to believe that developing a champion, a sponsor, an advocate relationship is something that occurs organically? Or are there more strategic ways to secure the plug, like by advocating for yourself? I think both. I think what, so the way it's shown up for me is it starts off organically and then it branches. And sometimes it's, oh, you need to know this person, reach out to them and schedule some sort of informational interview, or they're doing a talk and you should attend the talk and kind of get familiar with their work and just, you know, introduce yourself. I think both go hand in hand. Um, and what happens is those more intentional ones become really, really authentic and organic. You get to know people in a different way, right? Um, I think that's one of the beauties of Twitter. I love Twitter. Well, they didn't they didn't did something with these stories today, but I we can talk about that later. I don't know what this is about. What is a fleet? Every, I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't get it. So I um to be able to tweet the people that I'm citing in papers I'm writing and they respond, right? I'm like, you know, when I'm in grad school, I'm like, whoa, she said something, right? These days I'm like, no, this is what you should be doing. Like this should be standard practice for anybody, right? Um, and then over time, you know, you get to know, you know them as a professional, but then you get to know them more personally. And you realize, you know, they like Hachio soup and they like, you know, <laughs> chilling and watching Netflix too. And then before you know it, you're getting plugged for different opportunities um, in, across any, anywhere. It could be, you know, professional, personal. I want you to join this team. Um, I'm thinking about writing this book. Do you know anybody that does braids, right? It, it could literally be anything. So I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I okay. would agree. I, and, and I also think that sometimes <laughs> you start with one and end up with the other, right? Like you said yeah. before, right? You might have something that's really completely organic and you, it turns into a strategic relationship um, and, and still has its organic parts. And then you have things that were very, very strategic. And then you, like Dr. B said, you get to know more about them. And it's like, oh, like we are actually, you know, <laughs> we we are actually friends, like in my head, because we, we actually do some of the same things. Or it is a mentor or whatever the case. And you guys become actual friends while still maintaining that mentorship relationship those things happen but i think they i think both of those typically exist in that mentor advocate sponsor relationship um at, at, it, it's just they show up at different times throughout it right? yeah yeah i mean i think the bottom line is that people are more accessible today than they ever have been before right mm -hmm. and yeah like i mean like like dr b you mentioned hopping on Twitter and talking to, to people that you're quoting. Like I was reading um, a book called cutting school by Noli Wade Rooks, mm -hmm. who I love. And I started like joining conversations with her on Twitter and we started going back and forth on Twitter. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I talking to Noli Wade? This is dope. Right. Like, you, you know, you know, that book is fire. That, that book, book is, is fire. Amazing. <laughs> like, yes, that book helped shape some paradigms. So read that book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like people are accessible. You can catch people through LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Like you can catch them. So yeah, yeah like and they're looking and, and for funny. that kind of engagement. They're looking for that kind of engagement. You'd be surprised because a lot. Of, I mean, we write all these dissertations and all this stuff. You know, rarely do people go read them, <laughs> right? So when yeah. someone does, we like to nerd out. Okay, help us yeah. out here. <laughs> But certainly yeah. Titans like those folks. Certainly the Titans and, that are on there. And it's so interesting how like you 
you engage in that, right? Like, because like sometimes it may be just uniquely I'm tweeting on Twitter because I'm so excited about this book, and that was just real organic, and boom, now you're having this relationship. Next thing you know, that could be one of your mentors if you actually reached out now because right. you know she sort of engaged with dialogue with you. You guys might have an informational meeting, and boom, you hit it off off something organic, right? But you could also do it very strategically, right? Like me, I'm not saying that this person is in any way, shape, or form a mentor, sponsor, or coach of mine. So let's just be real. But like me, I go online. And I was tweeting. I was doing motivational Mondays. I tweeted one out about Swiss Beats, who's then retweeting me and and saying something, right? Like, okay, that could be an in if I was really trying to get Swiss Beats on my team, right? <laughs> like, like you know but it was also strategic on my part that was part of my business plan strategy was to tag these people to then gain you know more more um more engagement with my posts and to potentially even be seen by them boom that was a strategy that could potentially turn into something organic right so that's how i see both of those things happening they just it just sort of depends mm. um but it Usually just they flow well, t- well together. Do I think you're more than likely going to, to find a sponsorship situation organically? More than likely not just like off living your everyday life, right? There is something that you need to, to do to be able to solidify that relationship and to establish it. Um, so that that's where like you, you need to be a little bit more strategic, right? If you're going to ask somebody to be your mentor, what do you want mentorship on? What are you actually mm-hmm. asking Right. How much of a time commitment are you looking for? Right. Like you need to know some of those things. So I think they just play into each other quite well yeah. and can't be separated. Yeah, absolutely. Or- organic also means something different now to, yeah. to because of the way that the Internet works. It means some, like I, I will tell you, I organically got got the job I have now. But if if you think there wasn't a strategy, I look, I targeted this job like. I, I knew I had, had I had a conversation, an organic conversation through a connection of a friend. And I said, yo, this is dope. The work that they're doing is really dope. I'm going to stay connected with these people. So I connected with um, somebody who I work with every day now, who I love working with, connected with her on Twitter and then hit that bell so that I was notified when she tweeted so that I could keep engaging. And pretty soon she was looking at my work and was like, wait a minute, right. we need to talk. Right. So. So like mentorship, job search, all that organic means something different with the internet, right? So I I think that's that's what they mean when they say it's one of the same strategy and organic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we got another question in the chat here um from okay. Um and they said, "Can you map the concept of self-advocacy into a mental health/self-care slash framework particularly in the context of black and brown communities?" Ooh, Ooh. that's a list. Okay, so let me start by saying I am not a mental health professional. There are people with degrees in debt to to help you with that, right? Um, But from my perspective, the conversations that I've had and the practice that I can do, I can answer from that perspective. So um, cutting time, carving out time for you, uh, that's self-advocacy. Saying no, simply no, I can't do it. That's self-advocacy, right? Um, and that's a way to protect the boundaries that you create for yourself. Like, like, so even thinking back to this mentorship relationship, it's not just one, it's a two-way street. So just as much as you're receiving mentorship, you're, you're, it's, a, it's a cyclical relationship. There's something that you provided, providing there's insight, um, there's feedback, right? Like if you're just going and taking and taking and taking, that's, this is not a, a proper um, mentorship relationship. That also comes, what's important in there is also comes with creating boundaries in that. And so those boundaries are meant to help protect your mental health, help, help to promote a self-care, help to um, keep you keep you within realistic means and bounds. So you're not going and finding, I, I think back to this uh, perfectionism conversation and how we often like to be all over the place. Like we see one person doing this, we want to go do that. We see another person do something else, we want to add that to our list. And really, it's, we're not really interested in any of that. Um, so in a mental health frame, those boundaries help keep your advocacy on things that are truly important and unique to what you need and not taking into account what everybody else has going on. So that's that's how I, how I would say that. And 
I'm thinking about advising meetings I've had with students. That's what I would tell students too, is how much of this is you and how much of this is outside of what you originally set out to do. Yeah, that is that is really good. Um, you know, I, I I love sort of just figuring out that boundary situation too, and I don't think we realize how much how much how much boundaries play uh, an important part in our mental health, um, right? Saying no, I'm not going to let something affect me, or no, I'm not going to take that on because I'm not going to overload myself. Whatever the case may be, that's still that's protecting yourself, that's advocating for you, and that's also you know making sure that your mental health and, and self care is intact. Um, you know when it when it when I look at it in these corporate spaces, sometimes it's you know. It's making sure that you have what you need to be successful. And it, and sometimes when you don't have what you need and you feel like you can't speak up, that makes you feel miserable, right? That's why you hate coming into work. That's why you're dreading these Mondays. Um, that's why you're, whatever the case may be. And so like, I'll give you an example. Like I was working at a company and they were just, they were, they had me all over the place doing too much, 50, 11 projects, this, that, and the other. I was stressed the hell out. All right. And so eventually I had to, I sat my boss down. And I was like, okay, so look, some of this has to stop. I can't keep up with all of this. Like, this is just not going to work for me. Right. Um, and it was, it was about, at that point, it was about protecting myself because I had already started into this like really dark spiral of like, I can't get anything completed. I'm, I'm ruining everything because it was, I was juggling so much. Right. And so now I'm sitting here questioning myself, my abilities, all these things. When in reality, it was that I needed to speak up and say that I could not take on all these things that you were putting onto my plate. Right. Um, and and, you know, once I had that conversation with her, um, she she completely understood and we, we shifted some things and then things felt much better from that point on. Right. So I think, you know, self-advocacy in and of itself, I think, is part of of self-care. In right. General, I agree. Right. <laughs> right. Like you're 100%. not caring for yourself if you're not speaking up for what you need. And sometimes that self-advocacy could literally be you advocating to yourself. Right. Me, I right. sit here and I work and work and work. And sometimes I just have to tell myself, Tristan, no, you deserve time to sit and rest and chill. That's right. what you're going to do. That's what you should do, because otherwise you're doing everybody else a disservice as well. Right. right. So I times self, I think <laughs> it that advocacy doesn't just extend beyond us. It's also sometimes within us that we need to, to do that. Some of that advocating. Yeah. Um, but and I, I think, think it so that, absolutely. And I think this self advocacy is self care. I mm-hmm. think is, and I often rest is radical, right? Like, like to say, I'm going to stop mm-hmm. and pause is, radical in itself. I think sometimes we think it needs to look a certain way. Like, I gotta go get 15 bath bombs and, you know, I gotta go do a scrub, I gotta get a massage, I gotta, you know, like, if that's your thing, do that. But literally, a pause, a stop, I deserve a break, is radical. And as much as we can practice that, I think the more comfortable we'll be in consistently advocating for ourselves, regardless of how what the situation may be from our own health to our professional lives, to our academic lives. Yeah. I mean, listen, there are spaces on the internet that are demonizing rest and that are demonizing fun. Like I, I, you know, you know, I think TikTok is an interesting place just because of all the potential that it has, but, but it can be really toxic, toxic. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs on TikTok and a lot of, a lot of employers that are like, don't go get that PS five. And I'm like, what if they need a PS5 to to make you more money? Like, what? Like, what are you? Who who are you to what? tell them what to do between the hours of eight o'clock? Like, like what? It, you know. So whatever, if it's writing poems, if it is playing video games, if it's watching Netflix, like, find you a show that you love. And when it's time to stop working, stop working. You know, the the, the other thing that I I just want to add to this real quick is like, I think it. I think I call this the work, the work that it takes to get the work there is a lot of stuff that we're talking about that happens outside of your job, engaging with professionals online, all this stuff there, there is a, in, in, in keeping with mental health and saying no, 
uh, there's the I, I watch this happen to people when they first get like get out there. They start getting on Twitter. They start getting on LinkedIn. They're posting content and everybody starts DMing you and they're like, yo, I want to pick your brain. Yo, let's have a virtual coffee. And <laughs> Tristan's face is exactly how mine yeah. looks because you have to know when to say no to those because a lot of times they're a waste of your time. A lot of times yeah. they are. And I'm bad as hell at that. <laughs> uh, that, that is the curse because like when you're in these type of professions you want to help people right? right so when people are literally like hey i need help you're like we're just so used to giving time that it just yep. happens it's like okay great put it on my calendar and then you get there and they're like how can i replicate your business and i'm like you, <laughs> uh, you know which i uh, think you know those those moments happen right um i definitely have had uh name drop here and a you know a, that i'm like how they know you <laughs> but yeah okay right right so so you know those those moments happen but i think it's really goes back to just picking well essentially picking your battles right like do i want to continue with this or am i gonna cut it off because i don't have the energy right yeah but learn to say no that's huge that's huge yeah 100 yeah. percent. so we it's it's eight fifty four. The time's flown by. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, but <laughs> but I think we have a. I, there's a question in here that I really would love to hear the answer to. So do do you mind? Do you mind if I pull that one out? Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay. So the question I, I want to ask real quick is like, what was the first time, or maybe even just the most prominent time you remember having to uh, advocate for yourself? So, I'm the oldest of six siblings. So <laughs> you probably think of some times growing up where I had to had to do it. Um, but no, most recently, oh, let's see. I can oh. Mm. So when I was a doctoral fellow, and this is about summer funding. So for those listening, sometimes when you're in a doc program, you get funding for the academic year only. So for summer semesters, you Either you secure some funding somehow, or they hire you, you know, something works out. So it was me and four other doctoral fellows, all white women. I'm the only black male. Um, and everyone got a summer assignment. Everybody. I had mentioned summer assignments well before everyone. Like, I'm super preemptive. I, I probably mentioned it in February. <laughs> so, like, way, way early. And... You know, the semester goes on, the department chair is like, no, thank you for sending this in. We'll, you know, we'll follow back up and all this. April gets there and I'm like, I haven't heard anything. Go to this meeting. All four of the other doc fellows got assignments. I had nothing. I'm like, I spoke up first. Also, based on my teaching evaluations, based on my productivity in this department, based on these international international conference presentations that I've been doing, why did I not get an assignment? So I raised the issue. And I before I raised the issue, I, I spoke with someone who was a doc fellow. And he said, don't, I wouldn't rock the boat. You know, they, this funding's kind of short. You know, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise the issue. Like, I, you know, just take it, you know, sometimes that's just the type of stuff that we have to deal with, right? Like, just real, just deficit, downtrodden. Now, it, Tristan knows me. That's not going to hit. No, that's not going to do nothing for me, right? <laughs> like, that, no. So, I raised the issue with both the department chair and the dean. I had an assignment. <laughs> By the time it was all said and done, I was teaching and working on research out of the dean's office. They found money for me to do this work. And had I listened to that person that I talked to, I would not have gotten any assignment at all. I would have just taken that L. All of these other people who are not work, don't have to work nearly as hard as I do. Got assignments. One of them, so in order to be a doc fellow, you have to be making progress on your dissertation research. Mm -hmm. I was teaching. My consulting business started before I finished. I was presenting at conferences. I was publishing papers. I was doing all that. I was basically a full-time faculty member. And I didn't get nothing. This person got an online class, got to chill, to teach for the whole summer. I wasn't having it. So so in that meeting, I came with the receipts, as Tristan talked about earlier. 
I came with the receipts like here's what I've done in this semester alone. Here's here's what I've done here. Um, to Mike's point, I need this. I have a specific list of what I needed, right? Mm-hmm. I also talked to my mentor who came to the meeting with me. So I'm like, so she's like, he's my doc fellow. We need help. We need, I need the help. I don't understand why he didn't get an assignment. I'm sitting there like, here's all the stuff I've done. Here's the email I sent you before everybody else asking, what's up? And so I ended up getting what I needed, but you know, I don't really play those games. So, but my point there is, had you, had I listened to this person, I would have just been out here for four months, you know, not having it, making any progress towards my dissertation work so I could graduate on time. Cause like I had this all mapped out. I'm trying to get done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. not having that summer off would have really held me up. So that's the most recent example that I can think of. Um, and sometimes you'll find that you'll find people that are like, don't rock the boat, you know, don't, don't, don't draw too much attention to yourself. I, I'm just not that person. I, I emailed the Dean and said things are extortion, right? Like, so I'm, I'm that, I'm that person on campus. <laughs> and I, to that point, college students have the privilege to do a lot of that. You can rock the boat and email all these people work for you. So emailing, asking for what you need in these spaces, you know, could I, maybe I could have changed, you know, the, the, sometimes my emails be a little spicy. I'll put it that way. I don't regret any of them, but sometimes, you know, they be what they are. Right. Um, if I, if I was to change anything, perhaps an email, but the outcome, I got what I needed. Yep. Look, an example. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) for me like i I personally feel like if it's something that that has been ignored that you brought up i you know i don't feel like uh you were wrong for a spicy email or two i think a spicy email is what was needed to get the job done right but the one thing you knew before you sent that spicy email, what the potential implications were, right? Before, maybe the good ones, maybe the bad ones. But okay, at the end of the day, I'm okay with all of those because you will either give me what I need or I'm going to go elsewhere to get what I need, right? Right. Um, Look, I can't, that's self-advocacy, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Spicy emails are fine when when you perform. When you the best, I'm, I'm like I'm doing work. this work. Like, Listen. tell me, and also I'm reflective. So if I'm not, if I miss something, please let me know. Yeah, but look, you I didn't mean, do that. Look, like, I, you know I'm grown. I can handle it. Like if if I really didn't do something, tell me so I know uh, what the actual reasons are why I didn't get an assignment. But mm-hmm. just this oversight, they didn't reach out at all and right. got assignments. I reached yeah. out and got ignored. That's not gonna. That's not gonna hold. Look, I I tell I tell <laughs> early teachers. You need to treat these school districts like LeBron James treats these NBA teams. Look at them and be like, look, I'm the best in this building and I will leave. If what you, you got? Do not give me, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm only here for a year and don't think I'm going, I'm not going to commit to you if you're not going to commit to me. Look, right. spicy is fine when you are performing. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. That's it. That's it. Like, I don't tell people to show up and always do their best and uh, outperform their white peers. I don't care about what your white peers are doing. What I want you to do is do your best and always provide what you can. So then you can advocate for yourself appropriately. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You, if you slacking off and that's something that is, is apparent, no one's going to take you serious when you try to advocate for yourself. Right. But if you're somebody who does the work and is known for doing the work, when you speak up, people are just going to have to listen or they know you're able to take your talents elsewhere. Right. right. Um, and that's just what it is. So. Mm-hmm. So, look, we can continue forever. Um, but <laughs> it is 902. Um, so, you know, I really, really, really want to thank you, Dr. B, for coming back on. Yes. I know you are a longtime friend of the Living Corporate Network, and now yeah. you are a contributing writer to the Living Corporate Network. Well. I am. So, yes. look, he's going to be tapping on them keys, so y'all better be ready for some of these articles typing. that are going to be coming out. <laughs> typing, yeah. typing fast, right? Um, yes. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, and sort of wrap this up here Dr. B, where can the people find you? Where can they connect with you to hear some of this spiciness a little bit more? 
<laughs> so um, I'm on LinkedIn, Clyde Barnett third, um, and I'm on Twitter at Dr. C-B-I-I-I. So I'm the third. So I couldn't take CB3. That handle was already taken. So I have I-I-I. Um, but those are the two platforms that I use the most. Um, you and my Twitter's all over, so you'll see me going at about going in about education stuff to what's on Netflix to you know I talk about everything. My Twitter is what's what it is for everything. I'm not you know I try to be a human everywhere I'm at, right? Like I, I often think people try to separate, but you can find me on those two spaces. Um, and I also have um, my Discover Without Barriers. My organization has a Twitter page that links from my um, my personal Twitter and No Barriers nineteen. Nice, nice. Y'all go follow the man. Um, I can personally attest he is hilarious. So please do yourself. <laughs> um, and Mike, where can the people follow you, my friend? Uh, find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Twitter. My Twitter is <laughs> at just Mike Yates. Um, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Like LinkedIn is sometimes better than email to get a hold of me. Um, it's, it's just faster, um, <laughs> you know. But but yeah, perfect. And you guys can find me at the link I just put in the chat. My LinkedIn there. Um, you can also find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Layfield Resume. So that's L A Y F I E L D R E S U M E. So we want to thank you all for joining us. Mike, my friend, this is the last episode of this season. We are, we are leaving the people until January. It is, it is crazy. So we're, we're going to take yeah. a little break, y'all. So make sure you sign up. Follow uh, Living Corporate on Crowdcast. So that way you can get a notification when we pick back up. The next show is going to be January 12th, 2021. Maybe we can get up out of this nasty 2020 and get a little bit better in 2021. Um, but we're going to kick it off with professional <laughs> curiosity. right? What does it mean to always be asking questions and learning? Right. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, January 12th, 2021. And you all are lucky because you have you, me and Mike when we get back. So that's Mike, right. my friend, be back together. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so Drink we want to thank uh, the dream team. Look, we want to thank y'all for joining us for this last episode. Make sure to join us back on January. Um, but we really appreciate you rocking with us this initial season. Make sure to tell your friends, send them the link, tell them to sign up, bug them yes. again January 11th. Tell them again. We want to see all y'all here. Um, so, you know, any organizations you in, tell them about it too. We want, we want as many people getting this info as we possibly can. Absolutely. Mike, you got anything for the people? Man, look, I'm I'm just so I'm so thankful for this journey that we've been on for for this first season. Thank you, uh, Doctor B, for coming on, dropping major knowledge. Like, thank you both like, for having me. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Look, people, we are out. Make sure you follow Living Corporate at Living Corporate underscore Pod. I believe is that is that the correct one, Mike? I can't remember. Yeah, that's um, it. It's Living Corporate Pod at Living Corporate Pod. I believe um, on Twitter. But make sure you you follow us, and we will be back at you January twelfth. Yep. All right. Cool. See y'all. Well, thanks. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>